0: Our bodies need vitamins and minerals, and even when we try our best to get them through food sources, we may need a supplement. But can taking too much of a supplement or taking supplements for too long be harmful? I'm your host, Krista Lam, and today on Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada, I'll be talking to pharmacist Terry Sherwa about supplements. She's the Associate Dean of Practice Innovation and a professor of teaching at UBC's Faculty of Pharmaceutical Sciences. Welcome to the show. It is so lovely to have you here. Thank you very much. So, first things first, we're going to be talking a lot about supplements today. So, I thought maybe that we should start by defining what is a supplement.
1: So, a supplement is kind of a lay term that is used to describe a group of products. So, we think of those often in the health field as natural health products. So, they can be herbal medications, they can be vitamins, minerals, etc. But they all kind of go under that group of supplements that we use.
0: And for people that are listening, how do you know if you need a supplement?
1: It's really best to talk to your doctor, pharmacist, or dietitian if you need one. And especially when it relates to osteoporosis, we do know that there are supplements out there that can be beneficial. But you should really be having a full assessment of your diet and medications, so that your health professional can determine what is best and safest for you.
0: And when we're looking at supplements, sometimes we're told that it's better to get from food, that we don't necessarily have to get supplements. When do we know when a supplement is a better option and when we should be trying to get it from food sources?
1: Ideally, we try and recommend food sources, and that's when working with a dietitian is really helpful, especially when it comes to calcium, because calcium and vitamin D are the two biggest supplements we think about. Vitamin D, it is hard to get enough from your diet, so that's often where we recommend supplements. But for calcium, diet is best, and that's the stance of Osteoporosis Canada based on the studies. And where possible, we do that. If you have to take a supplement because you're not able to get enough through your diet, Then you can work with your doctor, pharmacist, or dietitian to figure out how much extra you need. And it is safe to take it by supplement. We just always recommend diet first.
0: Yeah, I know for some people it can be really hard. So it's great that you have options. And I wanted to ask about some of the things that we see in the media about supplements, because I know if you spend any time on Instagram, if you go through a magazine, you're sort of bombarded with you need this supplement. That you should be taking this, you need to be adding this into your lifestyle. What do we need to know about what we're seeing in those advertisements? Do we need to be cautious about those? Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So I always think with advertisements, people are trying to sell you something. So what is in it for them? And it goes back to what the guidelines say. So for the Osteoporosis Canada guidelines, The only two supplements to this point that they truly recommend are calcium when needed after they do a full diet assessment and vitamin D. There's lots of talk right now about vitamin K and magnesium and a few other things, but the only ones that the new guidelines actually recommend are calcium and vitamin D when needed.
0: And how do you pick one? Because I know if you're looking at all those ads, they all look great. (laughs) But is there something you need to look at on the label? You know, I remember back in the day, my mom used to chew those chocolate calcium tabs that used to be really popular. How do we pick?
1: Yeah, so picking is complicated. So first of all, supplements, so vitamins and minerals and natural health products, if they're regulated by Health Canada, they should have an NPN number. So NPN number just means that it's gone through Health Canada and it's been produced in a way that it meets Health Canada's criteria and it it meets certain minimum standards. So looking for an NPN number helps. And then from there, it depends just because something's more expensive doesn't mean it's better. Calcium comes in a bunch of different forms, and calcium carbonate, which is the most common form, those are the big, as my patients call them, horse pills that they have to take if they're on calcium. That's the cheapest calcium. It's very inexpensive, but it's also the hardest to take. Lots of side effects, mostly constipation, and they are a really big tablet. So there are other options out there, but they have different varying amounts of calcium in each tablet. So even if the label says, you know, 300 milligrams of calcium, that doesn't actually mean that's how much calcium you're getting in. So that's when you should really talk to your pharmacist about which one has the amount of calcium I need and what other medications am I on that might interact with the different types of calcium. For vitamin D, you can get different source vitamin D. Again, it doesn't really matter as long as you're meeting sort of that minimum amount, which we recommend 400 units a day across the board for everybody. And then it goes up from there depending on other risk factors.
0: Is it okay if you're taking the chewables or a different kind that you just sort of like better? Does that factor in at all?
1: No, the way you take it doesn't really factor in. What you need to look for is what's the second word that comes after calcium. So calcium carbonate is the most common one we see out there. And it gives you the most amount of calcium per tablet. But some people take calcium citrate because there are other medications that they need to take the citrate because it's more easily absorbed by our body, but it has a lot less calcium per tablet. So those are the things that should be discussed with your health professional. But in terms of whether it's liquid or tablet or chewable, that doesn't really matter.
0: Okay, that's really good to know because I know sometimes people will take them <laughs> if they enjoy them a little bit more often. So with things like, we'll often see on the label something like water-soluble, fat-soluble, can you explain to the listeners what the difference is and if it matters which one you take?
1: So usually those terms are related to vitamins. So vitamins, there's water-soluble vitamins. So when I think of those, the most common kind are the vitamin B. So anything B12, B6, those are all water-soluble. And what that means is when Our body has more than enough vitamin B. It just pees out any extra. We get rid of any extra through our water. Fat-soluble vitamins are vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, and vitamin K. And so obviously vitamin D being a big one in osteoporosis management is the one we think about most with regards to fat-soluble vitamins. And that just means it's stored in your fat. So you can actually overdose or take too much of those fat-soluble vitamins. So it's important to not take over what's been recommended for you. There are some conditions where people have a vitamin D deficiency and they might take a lot more than what you would see on the label. But again, those are special cases. So for most people with vitamin D, they shouldn't be taking more than what's been recommended
0: yeah and you've mentioned a couple of times about things that you shouldn't take together or there might be reasons why if you're on a certain medication, you might be taking a different type of vitamin. I'm assuming also I've often gone into you know a health food store and there's someone who's stocking up on you know twenty different types of supplements. Should you also talk to your doctor or pharmacist about counterindications with other supplements you might be taking?
1: Yeah, so just because it's a supplement and just because it's maybe natural doesn't automatically mean it's safe much of a good thing is still bad. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you are always taking things that aren't interacting with other things. So the calcium supplements, for example, they interact with a lot of different things. So we're often very careful. There are medications people take that can decrease their absorption. If you're on antibiotics, you should always get that checked to see if it interacts with your calcium. So there are certain things that we have to be really careful about and then also throat, like from one supplement to another. If you're taking too much calcium and taking too much vitamin D actually raises how much calcium your body's absorbing and that can be dangerous as well. So all of those things are really important to keep in mind. And I always say if you can get it from your diet, that's better and not needing to take anything extra. That's really a conversation you should have with your health professionals.
0: One of the things I wanted to ask about was Osteoporosis Canada, they have a position statement on calcium supplements and I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about what that says about when you need to take a calcium supplement and how much you should take, because I know we've touched on that a little bit, but I wanted to make sure that we uh, we talked about the statement.
1: Yeah, so the Osteoporosis Canada statement is based on research that has come out regarding the safety of calcium supplements. And basically the statement says, if you can get it from your diet, get it from your diet. There's lots of good resources online and on the Osteoporosis Canada website where they have information about what things you can take in your diet that will help you increase your calcium. It's not just dairy products because a lot of people struggle with getting enough dairy. There's other things you can take and also talking to a dietitian will help. And then if you do need a supplement because you're not getting enough in your diet and you may be at risk of osteoporosis. It gives you some little ideas about how much calcium is in different products and how much you need to get in a day. Generally, people over 50, 1,000 to 1,200 milligrams a day of calcium, we all probably get 300 milligrams of calcium just from anything. And then a serving of milk or some cheese, all those things add up and you should be getting anywhere from 1,000 to 1,200 milligrams of calcium a day. If you're not getting that, then that's when you can add in a supplement We generally don't recommend more than that amount at all, whether from supplements or food. And there's also a calcium calculator on the osteoporosis Canada website, which can help you do the math to figure out if you need a supplement
0: or not. You mentioned that taking too much calcium from supplements can be a problem. We had a guest on the show previously who talked a little bit about this, but I don't think people always realize that calcium is one of those things that you can get too much of. What happens if you get too much calcium from supplements, and why do we really need to avoid that? So the main thing
1: with getting too much calcium from a day-to-day perspective is it can cause kidney stones, and that's something that if you've ever had them, you would never want them again. So that's something we worry about just in general. It may be linked to some cardiac issues, although the evidence on that is mixed, so it's hard to determine. So it's just, like I said, too much of a good thing isn't great. So just keeping in mind that you can take too much calcium, you can take too much vitamin D, and both those things can lead to problems.
0: And similarly, is there anything that you should look out for if you do think you might be taking too much vitamin D? Are there any symptoms or things that you might start to notice? You can get
1: twitching of your muscles and fatigue. Those would be the two sort of main things. We don't check vitamin D levels very often in very many people, and that's for a lot of different reasons. So it's not something we check. So that's why we're really careful about not overdosing on the vitamin D and because it is fat soluble and you store it. So vitamin D in excess can actually lead to excess calcium levels. So it's kind of toxic levels of calcium that lead to that muscle twitching and fatigue.
0: And I wanted to ask, when you're taking supplements, is there a length of time that you should take them for? Like if you start a calcium supplement, are you on it forever? Should you stop taking it at any point? So what is the length of time you want to be looking at for that?
1: So something with calcium, I would say that it should be something that you're reassessing on a yearly basis. Just like any medication you're taking should be reassessed every year, any supplement you're taking if your diet changes, if your medications change, all of that needs to be taken in context with how much calcium you're taking. Same for vitamin D. When we put somebody on vitamin D, though for osteoporosis, generally, we do recommend that long term, we're much more concerned about your vitamin D levels than we are about your calcium levels.
0: And so in thinking about the long term, if you're taking a small amount of calcium as a supplement, is that actually helpful or do you really need to be taking a larger amount of calcium to have a real impact?
1: We don't want people taking any more than sort of that 1,000 to 1,200 milligrams a day. A small amount every day, if you feel you're not getting enough through your diet, is totally fine and you can take that long term and it won't be a problem. It's just if you're taking a whole bunch of it, plus eating a whole bunch in your diet, then you know that's when we should be reassessing So truly having a small amount of supplement a day isn't going to exceed that 1200 milligrams, but it's something that you can double check with the calcium calculator with your doctor or pharmacist.
0: Yeah, really, really important things for people to know about, especially people who might be living with or at risk for osteoporosis. And so I wanted to ask if there was anything else that we haven't covered today that you would like to remind people about supplements or let people know about supplements.
1: Yeah, so I think I said it once before, but I just want to reiterate that natural doesn't mean safe and always double check. The supplements can interact with your medications. They can interact with each other. And we always want to make sure your medications are working the best possible for you in the best possible way and in the safest way. And that takes into account your supplements as well. So check with your pharmacist about your calcium and vitamin D intake. New guidelines have really great information on that that they will have access to and the same with your doctor. And if you're worried about how much calcium you're getting in your diet, have a look on the Osteoporosis Canada website. There's some great resources and that will help to determine if you do need a supplement.
0: Amazing. And we'll also make sure that everyone has that information in the show notes. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a really interesting conversation. I know I learned a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much to our guests for joining us today. I'm Krista Lam, and you've been listening to Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada. Today I've been speaking with pharmacist Terry Sherwa about vitamin supplements. If you'd like more information on osteoporosis, visit our website at osteoporosis.ca. If you have questions or comments about this topic or about our podcast, reach out to us on our website or via social media. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Enjoying the show? Hit subscribe in the podcast provider of your choice. Thanks for listening.